We've got exactly what everyone needs. Another yoga podcast. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You decide. (laughs) (laughs) We're back. Hello. (laughs) Talking to you, Carol. We're back. (laughs) She said it's about time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michelle says she's not going to cry this time. Maybe. We'll see. I'm trying to make <laughs> Hannah cry. <laughs> uh, it's probably not going to be hard. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? You say it. Out. It's already coming out. Her eyes are leaking. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk about just the healthcare system and how... <laughs> watching Daisy. Don't look at her. I'm scooting over in your line of vision. <laughs> the healthcare system and how it's just... <sighs> Fucked. And full of fat phobia and full of misinformation and stuff that has been said over and over that just isn't (laughs) true that has become part of diet culture. And that is the cult part of culture that I can't fucking stand. And now uh, weight bias is even being presented in utero. Mm -hmm. That's what Hannah found out last week. Um, That they want people to have skinny babies instead of fat healthy babies so when did a fat healthy baby go away why is that fucking wrong and i just want to put it out there and i'll put it in show notes i got a metric fuck ton of links that y'all can look at to show you that bmi is a bullshit measurement instrument number one it was never meant to be used on individuals it is that's what i've been saying for years and y'all can advocate for yourself just because you're fat doesn't make you inherently unhealthy and i'll put we'll i'll send we'll get the links together put them in the show notes so you can look for yourself and then you can start to advocate for yourself. I said this yesterday in teacher training. You can ask for a haze-proof position, uh, physician. There's a lot of controversy going on with Lindo Bacon and the stuff that she's done and how she's climbing the backs of fat people to get her book more status. But it's also a lot of the stuff that she's doing is wrong, but what she's saying isn't untrue. And there is current research out there that shows that people with a BMI in the obese category or higher actually live, listen to this, y'all, fucking longer than people with BMI in the normal range or below. So fat people live longer. Is that why they're trying to eradicate fat bodies? Because we live longer? They call us a burden to the health system all the time. But I haven't been to the doctor in at least five years. And you can say that's good, bad, or ugly, Mm -hmm. but I haven't because it's always a fucking problem. Mm -hmm. I could go in for a broken finger and they're going to calculate my BMI and say, fuck your broken finger, lose weight. And they're going to lecture me on my BMI. Um, and it's unnecessary. Weight cycling, yo-yo dieting causes type 2 diabetes. Did you know that? And they blame it on a fat body. Taking your weight up and down, up and down, and constantly scrutinizing your body and creating an internalized stress and anxiety over your appearance is actually worse for your health than actually living your entire life in a fat body. All I'll send you a link to that drops. Yep. That yep. makes sense. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And they're blaming it on weight, and it's not weight. Well, I mean, so... Don't get me wrong. You can have unhealthy fat bodies. You can have unhealthy skinny bodies. And skinny folks are getting a bad rap, too, because they're being dismissed as healthy automatically. Mm -hmm. And there's shit wrong with skinny folks, too. So let's put the blame on everybody, especially the healthcare system, for not giving you options other than lose weight, be skinny. Is the effort to lose weight so you'll be thin, or is it actually healthy? There is not one iota of proof that once you do lose the quote-unquote recommended amount of weight for your body type that you'll actually become healthy 
You know how I fucking know that, y'all? Because I fucking did it. And I was sicker at 175 pounds than I ever was at 504 pounds. Mm -hmm. Sicker. Mm -hmm. So you tell me that. Fuck all you doctors out there. Except the cut few that I know. <laughs> because they're not, and not every doctor is fat phobic. But now that obesity, and I'm sorry for triggering anyone with that word. Now that is a quote unquote epidemic, which I'll send you a link for that. It's bullshit, y'all. And also, I just lost what I was going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say when I was... Um in middle school and high school and college. Maybe a little bit after. So maybe until I was about 23. Let's just say until I was about 23. I used to have a lot of hypoglycemic attacks. Right? So my blood sugar was always crashing. But I also wasn't really eating anything. Mm -hmm. And so you just think about that and like mm -hmm. how unhealthy. Like I can just think about the feeling that I felt mm -hmm. when I knew it was about to happen and I was about to pass out. Mm -hmm. And what was going on to my organs in that moment. Because... It's very, like, you kind of feel like you're dying. Uh -huh. And <clears throat> when I was talking with my doctor the other day, I was asking her, because they're, 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 I'm, a, I'm at a high-risk pregnancy. When I look at my notes, I'm a high-risk pregnancy. Um, and I do think a lot of this is what she has to write and put into the system. <clears throat> I don't know if she necessarily feels all these things. I hope to God she doesn't. But still, just putting that in the system. Right. Doesn't that, I, mm. And I don't know this person you're speaking of, and I don't go to an OB because I don't have a baby in my belly, but also, doesn't that make you feel a little sick inside when you have to put something down that you don't feel is true and you're putting it in yes. someone's medical chart? <clears throat> that should fuck with your head, woman. Yeah. Like, not you, her. Yeah. Like, you're doing something that you don't believe in as your job. Yeah. But see, no. but I do believe that a lot of healthcare professionals are in that, that, that position, which is unfortunate. But I asked her... They're so also the ones that could help us change it. I know. They know it's not I true. Know. But they're, they're they, they got to pay their bills, you know? Like, if you think, I mean, I, I know. I'm giving. I know. I'm I giving know. the excuses that they I'm get. already sweating because I'm so heated with just this topic. I I'm just want to let y'all know. Be. She told me to start it off. And <laughs> she was like, because <laughs> there's so much in my brain. And now I just, I, I wanted to, like, vomit it all. And I needed to be more cohesive. So she has me listed as a high-risk pregnancy for my age because you're geriatric after 35 and 36 currently. She also has me as a high-risk pregnancy because they have me listed as obese, um, which obese pre-pregnancy, which is really the BMI, like the whole, the whole BMI factor. Mm -hmm. But also I put on weight after a very traumatic birth from my son that was, a lot of it was caused by by them shaming my son, my first son, River, of being a big baby. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to induce me so we could hurry up and get him out before he got too big, right? Um, and then I ended up with a C-section and all this stuff. Um, if you have listened to the podcast, you probably know the whole fucking story, so I'm not going to tell all of it. But So they just kept, keep putting me in this category, and she keeps asking me about gestational diabetes because they didn't do the test. My previous doctor did the test. And my number was 116. 139 is when they need to be concerned. And my number was 116. So I asked her, you know, I will, will I feel anything different if I have gestational diabetes? Does it feel like hyperglycemia? Like when, like my sugar gets all out of balance because we've recently been sick. And so sometimes I'm like, wait, is it sickness? 
Mm-hmm. Is it gestational diabetes? Mm-hmm. Or is it pregnancy? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. And it was sickness. I really think it was sickness because <laughs> I'm not really feeling it anymore. But mm. she said no. So if I have gestational diabetes, we're not going to know anything. I'm just going to have a big baby. I'm going to gain weight. And my number is going to be something that you don't like. Right. But my body's not doing anything. But my baby... They, they, they fat shamed my fucking kid in my belly. They said he had a big belly. A big belly. And they were like, this is that's just, that's just a really big belly for, for how far along you are. I'm like, it's not like I'm feeding, like literally feeding him the food. Mm-hmm. You is, are and you're not, right? He is assimilating yeah. from what I'm eating. And I got news for you. I eat fucking healthy. Yeah. Crazy healthy, y'all. Like crazy healthy some of the stuff that she brings in here i'm like how do you even have the fucking time to make this you got a three-year-old running around you know and i'm shoveling in fast food i got a good i've got an insane balance of how i eat and i took the rules off of food for me years ago my dad my digestive system does not like fast food yeah, you're pregnant yeah you just well, no, said no, no, dunkin no. diarrhea the other day yeah. when i offered you coffee from dunkin yeah. Donuts. well that was pre-pregnancy like <laughs> my body rejects <coughs> fast what there's a bug Oh, my body, what's there? Oh, ew, what is that thing? I don't know, but I'm going to get them. My body uh, rejects fast food in a way that no one wants to be a part of. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very sensitive gut. I'm like a purebred dog. (laughs) I am a little Yorkie. I am. (laughs) I am my Yorkie that I used to have. You're a geriatric obese Yorkie, (laughs) Hannah. My God. So what's really just frustrating, and I was telling Michelle this, is that I'm just constantly having to advocate for Mm -hmm. my unborn baby Mm -hmm. and them fat shaming him. So the lady that did the ultrasound said that he was measuring 6.2 pounds, 2 ounces, and he has a long femur, a big head, and a big belly. Well, guess what? River was huge, too. I didn't have gestational diabetes. I could have been on the line for their numbers. Mm -hmm. But my husband's paternal line grows giants. Mm -hmm. My maternal line, which is hilarious because they're all little bitty freaking ladies, grow giants. Mm -hmm. And... You can't fight genetics and DNA. So are you supposed to be able to control the size of your baby by what you eat or don't eat? They told me. That's fucking bullshit, Hannah. They told me. My mom could not keep me from being 6'3". How much or how little I ate didn't fucking matter. I was still going to morph into this giant body. They told me that I need to be very mindful Mm -hmm. of my food intake because he's going to keep gaining weight. No shit. He's he's fucking growing. He's supposed to keep gaining weight. So the, the lady that did the ultrasound she said her child was like six six when she was born so six pounds six ounces and she goes what is it like to have a baby come out that is sturdy because she said I felt like I was always gonna break my baby I said I never felt like that when River came out he came out basically holding his head up he's never been like a soft like chested belly baby he's never really been like soft he's just been sturdy mm-hmm and I said, I've never really worried about any of those things. Like, I don't know what I would do if I had a six-pound baby. Like, I would hold that baby like, oh, God, you're going to break. <laughs> so you want me to create these little bitty weak babies, but I create these, like, 
fucking Vikings. These little bitty weak babies, and that's what I think our healthcare system is And if you have a small baby, if you have a small baby, no, I'm it's not, not saying thing. that. No, 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 that's not a thing, but that's a thing. If something is weak, they can fix it with medicine. Quote, unquote, fix it with medicine. They can prescribe you something to make this better. If I would you rather are, birth a six-pound baby. If you are birthing <laughs> healthy, fat babies that don't need our help, our help, the doctor's help, then what are they there for? Mm-hmm. Right? Women have been birthing babies of all size for, mm-hmm. I don't know, several thousand years and without I, fucking modern medicine. I bet you money. I bet you money those babies were never, like, unless they were premature, were very small. Mm-hmm. I bet you money on that. Mm-hmm. Because... It is proven the amount of fat that I consume. And we're talking like healthy fats. We're not talking mm-hmm. about like me just, you know, mm-hmm. going ham on mm-hmm. ham. Ham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going ham on ham. Oh, that sounds really bad right now. Anytime that they, anyone prescribes you a diet, they are literally prescribing anorexia for you because yeah. they are telling you that you have to have all these rules around food and the number one thing is if you're hungry fucking ignore that mm, mm, mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem ignoring your hunger and fullness cues that's the biggest because you should problem. only eat three meals a day that's it have, that's what, it the time limit between the meals yes exactly and it's all bullshit it's all bullshit if you are ignoring your hunger and fullness cues that is a way to have you disconnected from your body and when you are disconnected from your body, you lose a sense of self. And when you've lost your sense of self, then you can be controlled, manipulated, and told what to do. And you'll do it because you don't know yourself. Hopefully that makes sense. I just said a whole lot in that. So if you're being prescribed a diet, please, please, please consider another way. There's got to be another way. And if you are told that the only way for you to become healthy is to get skinny, question whether what's important is getting skinny important or do you want me to be healthy because they're two separate things they're not the same they don't even correlate because i know skinny people with cancer i know skinny people with high blood pressure i know a metric fuck ton of skinny people with diabetes you know why because skinny people get sick too just as much as fat people so one type or one stereotype of a body shape isn't what's clogging down our medical system it's all these fucking doctors prescribing anorexia to everyone that is quote unquote overweight and it's bullshit and it's time that it stops y'all it's time to stop it if we all said stop it shit would change it really would it really would and the hard thing is we all get white coat syndrome a fucking man in a white coat or a female in a white coat shows up and tells you what to do and you're scared because now they're Mm -hmm. a doctor telling you what to do they don't fucking know everything and they are taught to look at things in a very specific way they take out emotion they take out your feelings and our brain is extremely powerful Mm -hmm. you can convince yourself of almost anything if you think hard on it enough right you can. Absolutely. You literally can. You can convince yourself you're dying. Anybody ever have a fucking panic attack and anxiety? <laughs> and someone comes along and says, calm down. What? You just gaslit me. Yeah, you know? on the couch back here. Yeah, just relax. What? <laughs> I was, when, when you said you felt attacked by my lecture, that, is that what you're saying? Is that when you're on the couch? No, no, no. Um, I had a Coke yesterday for lunch. Oh, yeah. And the caffeine got me gave her anxiety it got me bad and so i had like did you hear me snoring i fell asleep no okay I good <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep. 
any trainees if y'all are listening. <laughs> Anna may have taken a nap back there. But she is 80 months pregnant, so, you know. I catch myself like... <sighs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It, w- it wasn't your lecture. It was mine. So sleep oh. through mine. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was so exhausted. But the caffeine kind of put me in a... And that's the thing. Like, I understand certain foods can do certain things for right. certain bodies. Nightshade. And... I can't fuck with nightshade, y'all. I can't. I can eat all the sugar in the world, which I've been told to stop eating, and it's not true. What's giving me inflammation potatoes. in my body? And <laughs> fucking potatoes and peppers, y'all. Peppers of any kind. My two favorite types of vegetables i like everything hot and spicy and i can't eat it no more and since i've cut it all out i have no neuropathy pain and i have been told for 15 plus years that it was because i was fat and because uh i ate too much sugar i cut sugar out for quite some time and my neuropathy never went away and the doctors were just standing there smarmily with their hand on their hip well you just have to lose more weight so i have to die to become thin Mm -hmm. in order to be healthy no, I'm just going to eat the fucking cookies and I'm going to stay fat, y'all. And I'll die at 150 like my fucking plan is. Y'all can kiss my ass. No. You know what's no. really cool? So when when I first was dealing with the... I don't think we... I don't know if we podcast around that one, around that time. But I fired my first doctor, um, which was very heartbreaking for me because he delivered River. Mm-hmm. But I fired him because he was the one saying he wouldn't possibly not support me in TOLAC, which is just trial of labor after a cesarean. doesn't mean VBAC. VBAC is when you've actually completed it. Mm-hmm. And that's even another thing. Like, you can't even say, like, VBAC consultation, just trial of labor consultation, right? Like, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so his thing was he didn't know if he could support me if I had gestational diabetes or if the baby was big. Um, and there's some liability issues that I think that they're all litigation kind of, nation. They're that's scared the of, yeah, because they used to not be like this. Um, so some things have shifted, but it was just disheartening because I I went with them in the beginning just because of how they were all about like let's support mamas. <clears throat> so when I, I I fired him, got a new doctor who was very VBAC supportive. She's a VBAC mama as well. Um, but Vaginal birth after C-section, if y'all don't yeah. know what a V-back Sorry. is. No, it's all right. <laughs> Keep Welcome going. to the birth world. Um, so she she had a pretty two traumatic two traumatic births. Um, I think she had two or three kids after that. And she realized this is what she wanted to do, was to help moms with um, being able to have the birth they want. But still, she's a part of the system, right? This would be totally different if I was home birthing. Mm-hmm. It would be totally different if I was home birthing. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me yesterday why I'm not. And, I mean, I do grow very big babies. And I do have a slight fear of that. Like, if his head were to be stuck, what would happen to us? Mm-hmm. Um, and my cousin did experience that. And she was transferred to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very traumatic for her. Mm-hmm. So, I would rather just be in the hospital well, not really. <laughs> you know, yes like, and no. Be, I'd rather yeah. be somewhere where you could get to the hospital in a decent amount of time. And I do not like. I keep I keep saying the joke that whenever she's ready to go out and squat in the woods, I'll hold her <laughs> hand. But I also said I'm not a fucking doctor, so if something happens, I I, I mean, I could stick my yeah. hand up there and yank something out, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I, I would it out. <laughs> I would like for you to be close enough to the hospital, but I also would like for things to go smoothly. And not every birth is going to be. Oh, it's never going to be what you want it to be. No, or, never or without be. complication, or yeah. with complication. There's always going to go be something. Anyway, there's always going to be something. Your plan <laughs> is never actually 
how it turns no. out, right? Regardless of what you're making no. a plan for. But so through this process of trying to find these doctors and trying to find support and trying to advocate for myself and for my unborn baby and then also advocate for my first son who I felt like I advocated for but I also gave into the system mm -hmm. right because sometimes um, you don't have the words well I completely trusted them mm. that was the problem um that I trusted people that's <laughs> We'll talk about trust issues <laughs> in the next podcast. Whole other topic. Yes, we'll talk uh, about that later. I reached out to a couple of different groups about VBAC, like VBACing and advocating for yourself and what was your VBAC like, in particular with obese, quote-unquote, women. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, the amount of women that came out of the woodwork. And they're like, um, hey, so I'm very obese or I'm this or I'm that. And I birthed three babies after cesarean like this. Uh, mm -hmm. I did a home birth. I did a this. Mm -hmm. I did a that. Mm -hmm. One lady was like, listen, I am so out of shape. I can barely, you know, go for a walk with my kids sometimes, but I was able to birth out my baby. Yeah. Right? Because that's one of the things. They're like, well, you need to be strong and ready for birth because it's a marathon. I am really fucking strong. What right? about the women that were birthing babies before there were marathons and before there was weightlifting and before there was all this bullshit uh, about what health looks like what it fucking looks like you guys i know i'm screaming but not what it is what it looks like because if the outside is perfect the inside's perfect and that's not mm -hmm. how the fuck it works mm -hmm. it's not how it works so there's there's just proof out there there's proof um and listening to evidence-based birth and all these other women talking about research statistics on women that are labeled obese and they have literally no problems i know Tell me about it. My dad is 600 pounds, right? And they are, the doctors, every doctor that he sees is stunned that he doesn't have heart disease, that he doesn't have high cholesterol, that he doesn't have high blood pressure, that he doesn't have all of these things. And they are sending him to specialist after specialist after specialist because they're fucking looking for something. Because according to them, his weight, he should be fucked up. He should have been in the grave 10 years ago. But since he stayed this weight, for an extremely long time, his body doesn't fluctuate. So he doesn't have those things. He doesn't have those things. But I'll be goddamn if they ain't fucking looking for him. Mm -hmm. And every time he goes, he gets prescribed a diet. So he doesn't do the diet. And he's always on himself in his mind to lose. I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. No, you fucking don't. And what would no, happen if don't. he lost weight? He'd probably die. He'd be sick. Mm -hmm. He'd be sick. Mm -hmm. He'd be sick. He'd be sick. <clears throat> because now he's starving himself. Oh, man. I, uh, we talked about this yesterday, me and one of the trainees, about uh, I used to be vegetarian. And the main reason I was vegetarian mm -hmm. was because I did a lot of cooking my own food, and there was no way I was touching meat. Ugh. I still don't really like touching meat. I'll never forget when I was married to my ex-husband, and we had a rotisserie um, mm. chicken thing. And I was like, I'm going to make a rotisserie chicken. And I had to, like, stab <laughs> into the chicken. And I cried and cried and to cried. To get it on the spinner? Yeah, to get it on the spinner. And I was like, yeah. I'm not made for this life because he loved me. And I realized, you know, once I was married the first time, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> these dudes like meat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and my, my, my husband now, he likes meat. So I was I like, like I have to learn how to cook this stuff. But I feel so much better when I eat meat. Mm -hmm. I do. When you have animal protein? When I have yeah. animal protein. I mean, it's... 
For a lot of people, it helps brain regulation. It, it, it eliminates brain fog. Not everyone is a meat eater. And it could be because you mentally don't want to do it. Um, and it could be because you physically can't handle it. It makes me feel stronger. Yes, I do too. I, When I was in training, when I did my two rounds of yin training in California, 2015, 2018, right? I was out there each time for 18 days. And the facility that we stay in is run by Buddhist monks. And it backs up to a state park. So everything there is very for lack of a better term, Buddhist, right? There's there's no harming, you can't kill bugs, you have to shoo them outside. And there was a guy that we could go and knock on his door, <laughs> if you had something big in your room, please don't smash it or stomp it, like go get a call There was a guy that was, that was the bug dude. Like he, he did, he was like the groundskeeper. He did, he worked there, but if we had something that terrified us, please don't kill it, go get Greg. He'll come to your room, he'll get it out, fine. So everything was vegetarian. The only animal protein that we had, we had, three to four times a week in the morning, they would make a whole bunch of hard-boiled eggs. So people would leave with hard-boiled eggs in their pockets for like the afternoon and the next day because that was the only animal protein we were going getting. So I went along with it and I was like, if this is gonna be my vegetarian time, this is great. There's gonna be somebody else cooking for me. I'm gonna get introduced to all these new foods. I went about three days and day three I woke up. We get up at six in the morning, meditate from seven to 7.30 and the day would just go. It was a 12 hour day, right? Day three, day four, I woke up, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. I'm looking around, and all, all I could think of, cheese, bacon, cheeseburger, bacon, cheeseburger, bacon, cheeseburger, bacon, cheeseburger, bacon, God, cheeseburger. So, good right now so yep, and I yeah. got into an Uber, made my way down to, where were we near? Santa Cruz, I can't remember where we were. San Jose, Santa Cruz. I think Santa Cruz was the closest little, air, little town, little beach town that we were in. Um, and I literally went to, like, Shake Shack and I got a bacon cheeseburger and a fucking vanilla milkshake and that's what I did every day for the next however many days I was there and my little German friend and her mom that were there she was like did you go get your milkshake and your cheeseburger yes I did and she was like good for you and that's that's I couldn't get it out of my brain mm -hmm. my body was telling my brain make her go get this mm -hmm. but there's so much to say about what a vegetarian diet is and how good it is for you but I don't think everyone's made to be a vegetarian. That's well, not the shit on the vegetarians out there. If you want to be vegetarian, <coughs> do it. If it's working for you, do it. But don't force that upon everyone else. And I still go back to it every once yeah. in a while. We have non-meat meals. I just oh. can't present it that way to my husband. He was like, this is really good. And then I'm like, yeah, you like that? I was like, did you notice there was no meat? And he goes, what? He was like, oh. And I was like, see, we can have a meatless meal. We don't have to be vegetarian. I do lots of meatless meals, um, especially like lunchtime mm -hmm. for me. Uh, but I like being vegetarian because I do like, I don't like touching the meat. I don't like smelling the meat. I hate cooking the meat. Um, if somebody else is going to cook the meat for me, I, I, I Certain really meats, it. like, I don't fuck with chicken. Like, I don't want to cook chicken. I will eat chicken, but I don't want to touch it. I don't really want to touch any of it. Steak, I don't mind. Especially when I'm pregnant. Yeah, and so. I don't eat pork outside of bacon. Um, I just don't like it. But I was very unhealthy when I was in that state. And so what you're saying is, like, it's not for everybody. Well, thinking about our doshas, like, Ayurvedically, mm -hmm. I am kapha. And so I need a certain amount of animal protein. So kapha's earth and water were mud. My maiden name's Mudaman, too, so it just works perfectly. Which is really interesting, too. We're supposed to be careful on sweets. Well, I wonder that's why I have my hypoglycemia. Because I was also vegetarian back oh. then. And so, yeah, so too much sweets, vegetarian, not any animal protein. But mm. I have found what works for me, and 
you know, like if I were, if I were a, vo well, if I were Pitta, like Pitta, Me. you could, you could, you Fire. could, you could thrive off of uh, being vegetarian because your body could process, mm -hmm. especially raw vegetarian, like you could process through that. <coughs> but my body doesn't. Like my body just holds on and it's just slow and sluggish. Mm -hmm. But I was very unhealthy. I was skinny. Mm -hmm. I was thin, but so I was guess healthy. Guess what? I had a high BMI, though, because I had boobies. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. And so, um, but I really, like, I was healthy. I was vegetarian. I was thin. But I was passing out left and right. <laughs> so was I. When I was younger, when before I moved to Georgia, so before I was 22, that's what I did. I took a metric fuck ton of diet pills. I lost 100 pounds. I, I took my 270, 6'3 frame, 275, which is, if I was a football player, they'd be like, fuck yes. But because I'm female and I don't have a penis, I have a vagina. No, make this bitch small. You got to get skinnier. You got to get skinnier. You got to get skinnier. So 175, 10 pounds underweight. Well, you're still a size 14. That's too big the fuck you want me to do you want me to shrink my fucking skeleton am i supposed to make my femurs shorter am i supposed to make my shoulders less broad no i was literally eating a snickers an orange and a small cup of cream of broccoli soup that's all i had every day because i needed to maintain this weight loss because now i was skinny so i was healthy but that meant fuck my mental health mm -hmm. fuck connecting to my own body i had to listen to outside sources in order to be happy and it that lasted for a long time every time i bent over i would pass out that sounds like a snack. every time i bent over i would pass out i fell on the floor at the grocery store that i walked on somebody had to come pick me up they're like are you okay i'm like hold on to me i can't see yet i would go black yeah. Yeah. for weeks and then somebody finally said to me i don't think you're eating enough and I was like, well, I can't be fat. I have to be healthy. Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't healthy, y'all. I was fucking sick because I wasn't getting enough calories to, to run this linebacker body mm -hmm. because I was eating like a chihuahua. Mm -hmm. But I'm a fucking St. Bernard, <laughs> yeah. right? You wouldn't feed a St. Bernard the same amount you feed a chihuahua. Yeah. You'd have a fucking crazy, your chihuahua would be sick. Your chihuahua mm -hmm. would throw up half of that food, right? Well, see, and that's one of the things, too, and so you kind of turned me on to this, um, Ellen Sattler. So she uh, has a book of The Secrets to Feeding a Healthy Family, mm -hmm. and it's all about, like, food positivity, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you said this before, like, me worrying about what River is consuming. Like, if he is consuming, like, a, let's say a peanut butter cookie, okay, and that's all he wants to eat that day is peanut butter cookies, well, his body is going to assimilate those nutrients. Children... With children, you don't really have to worry about the micronutrients mm -hmm. because they don't need that yet. Mm -hmm. They just need the macro. So she's like, in that cookie, they're getting the carbs that they need. They're getting the protein in which they need. And they're getting the fat in which they need. And that's all you need to fucking care about. Mm -hmm. That is really all you need to care about. Mm -hmm. Ovaltine. We're getting by with Ovaltine. Whole milk, Ovaltine. Because he's getting his nutrients from the Ovaltine, mm -hmm. he's getting his his fat and his protein and his carbs from that milk. I mean, yes, I would like him to not be so picky because it literally makes me insane <laughs> when I put down a meal that yeah. I've cooked and he won't touch it because it's not what he wants. But it's he's he's sensory sensitive to textures and things like that, and yeah. it's understandable. We all have something that we're sensitive to, mm -hmm. and that's what he's sensitive to. But if we could look at that as adults too, right? Like, 
yes, there are moments where I want my micronutrients, right? Like I really do like the taste of like spirulina and some of those things that are, yeah, I really do like the taste of it. And I like the way my body feels when it's in my body. Like I can feel stuff working, but when we were sick the first time we had COVID, all I did was I ate, like, I just, I would go into the kitchen, I'd see a piece of bread, I'd eat a piece of bread, because I didn't want to waste. <laughs> that was us. I yeah. didn't want to waste my energy on, like, digesting food. Because mm -hmm. I, we literally had the option when we got that sick two years ago to either make some food or take a shower. I could do one or the other. I couldn't do both for those 14 yeah. days that we were down. So I literally had frozen raviolis in a pot that I would just reheat and we would eat like four or five and then go back to bed. Yep. It was rough. And I didn't, and, and and I didn't, didn't die. Taste I didn't even lose any fucking weight, y'all. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't lose any weight. My body kept its normal size, even though I was trying, not intentionally trying to starve it. our body is in shock. And our, yes, your body is in shutdown <laughs> mode when you have the flu. When you have a virus, your spinal fluid starts to dissipate. Your spine locks up. Your bones feel so achy because you're not supposed to fucking move around and do shit. You're supposed to literally yeah. be couch or bed bound yeah. so that you can clear out this virus. Yeah. Your body is taking all of its energy to fight. Your immune system is on high alert and it's kicking the shit out of the virus and you can't do anything. But every, every single thing we ate in those moments was what our body needed. I remember yep. I remember my family being like, well, you need to do broth and you need to do this. And that that works for other things. It really does. But when we had COVID, mm -hmm. it just, that, none of that worked because mm -hmm. I tried that in the beginning. I did too. I made that soup that Deja recommended and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't eat this. It was too much to make it. I was exhausted. And I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> so then I just tried to drink the broth out of it. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't <laughs> what I need. And my brain kept going ravioli, ravioli, ravioli. So I needed the cheese and the carbs yep. from the pasta, I yep, guess. The protein. I don't know. You needed the, you need the protein and you need the carbs. There's you need carbs and need sugar. Your body converts food into mm -hmm. glucose, y'all, which is fucking sugar. Mm -hmm. So to tell people that they don't need it mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah, if y'all really want to read a good book, Ellen Sattler's book, Secrets to Feeding a Healthy Family, it's mm -hmm. it was just mind-boggling. It's a lot of what you've talked about within all of the, the therapy and trainings and mm -hmm. workshops you've done. It And it put it on a level of me looking at River, then I could look at me, mm -hmm. right? And it just made me realize, so I don't approach things like that. Also, one of the things that I thought was really cool, my family has a really hard time with this, but... Like, the, my mom always has these stupid, we call them cakes, but those little banana nut muffins from mm -hmm. Publix, it tastes like just damn cake. But they're those little bitty mini muffins. He loves those things. When he gets over to my grandma's house in the morning, she has, like, cream of wheat, rice, grits, something for him to eat. He wants that cake. But they want him to eat that first before he can have his cake. And I told him one day, because he just, he would, he refused to eat. I said, just go ahead and put it on his plate. Because she says, if you were going to have dessert, offer it with the meal. Because they will eat their food. They will. But they know that that cake is there. So they're not going to let, they're not going to get their mind off of that until so they, they have, have it. it. Right. And why can't you have dessert first? They get so, my whole family looks at That's me. That's the thing about the rules in diet culture. There's so many rules. It's meant to be overwhelming. And if you want it's my kid to, blow your to mind. fucking eat. Give him what he wants. And I'm, it's like, I'm not, and I'm not just giving in. No. Right. He's still eating his right. stuff. 
but he's just eating it in a different order. Yeah. And why is that not okay? Why can't you go from front to back, back to front in certain things? Why can't you start at the back of the line instead of being at just the front of the line? Why do you have to eat your... No, yeah, not when you're wiping. No. <laughs> never. You have a vagina, never back to front, always front to back. Or maybe in sections, you just go front and then back. Two separate wipes. That's what I do because I don't want to get it crossed because if you ever have, it's a problem. Um, <laughs> now I don't even know what the fuck I was rambling about. Yep, we're, I'm on 285 with no exits. I'm just on the loop, y'all. I don't even know what I was talking about. When there's so many rules, think about that. Why do you need so many rules for anything? Why do you need so many rules on food? I can't eat it this time. I have to eat it that time. All in an effort to keep you tuned out from yourself, to disconnect from yourself. So then again, you could be told what to do. Having children, especially a picky child, right? Because that's what they want to call him. A sensitive child. Having a sensitive child has taught me so many things about myself. I'm hungry. It's okay to eat lunch right now at 10.30. It's okay to eat when you're hungry, y'all. Mm -hmm. um, say it again for the bitch in the back that was like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> it's okay to eat when you're hungry. And I promise you, if you are hungry all the fucking time, or if you can't get food off your mind, it's because you've been dieting your mm -hmm. whole life. And you've been told when to eat, how to eat, how much to eat, what types of food to eat on top of what. There's so many fucking layers and rules that once the wheels come off that bus, you're going to gain some weight. And you're going to eat some food, and you're going to eat food with abandon. And hopefully, that changes things for you. Mm -hmm. It changes things for you because now you get to listen to yourself mm -hmm. instead of all those external voices that are telling you that you're doing it fucking wrong. Yeah. And that's one thing that I don't ever want my kid to feel is that he's doing something wrong when he's doing just what nature has intended he for him to for do. Him. Yeah. Right. And so that has, in, in turn, taught me so much about myself. And the way I approach food, because I have a lot of food issues from my family, both sides. Yeah, because diet culture, you know when diabetes started? Type 2 diabetes started in the 70s and 80s when diet culture came into full swing and people were going skyrocketing up and down with their weight. When diet yo-yo dieting and coming off and on diets and being real restrictive with, with your food, that's when type 2 diabetes took off. I know you're not on Facebook, but they always post, around this time, they post this picture of, of the beaches in the 70s. And they're like, you see no fat bodies, you see no umbrellas, you see no sunscreen, you see no cell phones, you see no this, no this. It's not the people's fault. Right. Right. But they blame you, and they shame you, and they convince you that it is. I mean, that is just so frustrating because oh. I'm like, yeah, everybody looks the fucking same. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. But it's not the people's fault. Right. Because you packaged sunscreen and told us all that it's going to make us safe. I get more sunburned what with sunscreen. What just happened this past summer or last summer where they pulled all the sunscreen off the market? Yeah. Yeah. I don't go, I don't use sunscreen. Now, don't get me wrong. My husband is of Irish descent somewhere because he's got three different types of color hair. He's got a bright red beard. He's got like sandy brown hair and the hair on his legs and arms is fucking whiter he than the hair on Scottish. his head. Yes. That's, Scottish. That's why you Black love Irish, so I think, is what it's called, right? <laughs> yes. So, and he's freckly and blue eyes. So when we go out in the sun, if he doesn't have SPF on, he's going to get fried. He had a hat on, he had long sleeves on, and we had sunscreen on his face, but you know what got burnt? His, his fucking ears. ears. His yeah. ears, y'all. Now, my skin is different. I will get sunburned. 
I will put apple cider vinegar on there like a toner and a tonic, and the next day I will be nice and red and brown. Now, if he gets burnt, does he eventually not get burnt? No. He just burns each time he's out he, in it. <laughs> burn, peel, repeat. That's what I call now, it. Now, see, I mean, and that's a part of, like, if you think about what we talked yesterday about, like, eating local, mm -hmm. right? Like, in local sun, like mm -hmm. the sun with the, the vegetables mm -hmm. that you're eating, like, mm -hmm. us eating that sun. Mm -hmm. Also... Some of our bodies, some of our genetics weren't made. Like, I am not made. I'm not made to live in Mexico. <laughs> My pizza body <laughs> tells me to go sit in the sun at noon. And I was like, this is the hottest part of the day. This is going to flare my fire. You know what I read when we were when, when part of your lecture yesterday? Be in the sun at noon if you're a pitta. And I was like, well, goddamn. <laughs> no, because I had too many rules on it because it's mm -hmm. not what I'm supposed to mm -hmm. do. But actually, it's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. My body wants to be in the... I want to go to the pool every day at noon. Mm -hmm. And I always tell myself no. And now that I read that yesterday, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going in the pool at noon mm -hmm. when I want to go to the pool mm -hmm. at noon. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm not there very long. I, my favorite is like one to two because that's when the sun's like really like... Yeah. At me. So uh, when you think <clears throat> you need something, why is that not okay to yeah. let yourself have it or not have it? Just listening to ourselves. I mean, I was not alive in the 70s, I but, but I imagine we had a lot more of a free thought because we didn't have social media constantly consuming everything. No, but we, we had television that was controlling but everybody. Yeah, but, but I mean, were you watching television 24-7? Because yeah. we basically... Okay, well, <laughs> We basically yeah. are Cartoons now. on Saturday mornings all way back in the 70s had it. That yeah, was the day. you didn't take the TV You had a box outside. of cereal. No. Uh -uh. We wanted the TV in our bedroom. We boxed <laughs> cereal, milk on the side, you just shoveled, and you watched all the cartoons till like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then you took your ass outside and you played. But see, but there was space. There was space yes. where you didn't have yes. constant programming thrown at you. Yes. And that's just, that's a thing when, when I see that picture and it makes me so sad is that there's just this programming that is constantly thrown at us. And I guess mm -hmm. it's the whole, like, here's our wrap up on this, is that we are all programmed to think a certain thing in right. a certain way. And how do we advocate for what we feel that we know is true mm -hmm. for ourselves? Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of inner work. It takes a lot of self-work to be confident enough to look someone in the face and say, no, that's not right for me, and I don't appreciate you talking to me mm -hmm. that way. I've done it. The first time I did it, I almost shit my pants and threw up at the same time, and then I was, like, all anxious. But the, per the doctor actually listened, and they were just like, okay. And that was it. I don't know what the fuck happened after I left, but <laughs> I got what I wanted yeah. and what I needed out of that. You're not going to tell me that I need to lose weight when I come in here for something mm -hmm. else. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. GFY, Carol. GFY. That's how you get kicked off Twitter, right? <laughs> Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I and I, I mean we're we're about to have to yep. to do it again. Advocate. It sucks to have to go in there and fight. Yeah, because I am I am not the fighter, mm -mm. but I will tell you when I go. I'll in be there, your rabbit chihuahua. When I'll I be your rabbit Saint Bernard. We all saw Cujo, right? Like, don't fuck with me, because I will be jumping on your car and growling at your ass. Will you be in town for that when you make? Well, Maybe. Oh, you're, you're headed home that that day. I can. Stay. Um, <laughs> I but can I mean, stay. I I told my husband, I'm like, I have to have you on certain appointments. Just in general. So you can have a co-advocate, right? Yes, because I need you to help me ground. When I can't form my words. I need you yeah. to help me. Yep. Because yep. I'm going to have to advocate again because if this baby hasn't turned, uh, he's breached now. And so if he hasn't turned by the 23rd, they want to do a cesare another schedule another cesarean. But I should have more time. Mm -hmm. So if he hasn't turned, I'm going to tell him, you can go ahead and schedule that. You're going to do a sonogram. I ain't showing up. <laughs> you're going to do a sonogram right before it. And if mm. he's turned. We're not. You're not fucking touching me. Mm-hmm. But I need my husband there with me. And I, it's, 
it's just it is that white coat syndrome, mm-hmm. you know. And I I sit there and I ask all these questions. Now I'm asking these questions, and I'm questioning everything too, right? At the same time, but also I'm not fully. I'm listening to them and I'm listening to me, mm-hmm. and I got to figure out how. And I feel like that's this is what everybody ends up dealing with. Like, how do I listen to me more than I'm listening to you? Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, our healthcare system sucks. Mm-hmm. You got to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and doctors can be wrong, y'all. Look at Carol. Carol fell and broke her arm. Her humerus up top near the shoulder. ER doctor told her she didn't need anything. She didn't need to see an ortho. It was a clean break. She just needed to go get a cast and out for six, eight weeks. She actually, after talking to me, I think, I said, it might be smart to go see an ortho, just in case, you know? Uh, She sees an ortho a couple days later. Four days later, she's in in surgery, and she has, like, 15 screws and a plate in her shoulder now because it wasn't a clean break. It wasn't what the doctor saw on x-ray. It was something worse. So doctors can be wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take what they say as holy and true. And they don't know everything. No. I mean, that... No. My first doctor, when I was talking to him, maybe a little TMI, but we were talking about hemorrhoids. Um, (laughs) If you've you've grown big babies, then, then you'll understand... Um, and he was like, well, surgery, surgery. And I asked him, have you ever talked to someone that has had surgery, hemorrhoid surgery? Like, women are telling me that they would deliver another 11-pound baby vaginally with no drugs again before, before having, having surgery. surgery or pooping after having surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we're talking like three years later, still having to poop hurts after having hemorrhoid surgery. Bro, I can't even imagine. And he was like, I have not heard that. Well, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, right. you're prescribing surgery. You're right. trying to give me a referral to somebody. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, no. No one is doing any more surgery on my body unless I say, oh, yeah, I want that. And you just, you don't even, you don't even know. Like, so I actually told him, I was like, you need to talk to some mamas that have had that. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to some mamas that have had mm-hmm. that. Because if you do, you would not be recommending that to people. And it's just like... I'm not a doctor. I'm a doctor, too. But I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but we've learned enough about ourselves to where we can advocate for ourselves, and we know what's right or wrong for us. So we have enough internalized knowledge of our own selves that I can say no when it doesn't feel right for me in most situations. Sometimes I can't. I can't always say no. Sometimes I'm in a fucked up headspace where I'm just internalizing other things and I can't advocate for myself Mm -hmm. but you have to get to a point at least I finally got to a point where my opinion of myself and what I need is top priority compared to what anyone else says that Mm -hmm. what I need or what I need to do or what I need to eat what I need to don't eat and see finding doctors like that there's not many of them there's not many I mean we have a pediatrician that is kind of like that um for river and it's great and so sometimes I'm like well can you see me (laughs) like can you help me out, Doc? <laughs> because he is all about parental choice, parental freedom. Right. What do the parents want? Not just what science says, because he has experienced what science says, and it's not always right. Right. So, finding somebody like that, especially for like an, as an adult, like what would that be like? Because, you know, River gets me and Daddy and a doctor to advocate for him and his well-being. Like, he's, get, he's getting a few people to advocate for him. But what about us, too? Mm-hmm. You know? We don't really get that. So, there are doctors out there like that. And I love it. I love it when they're like, well, I don't know. 
Or let me, you know, let's let's look at that together. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. How many doctors do that though? Not many. No. And we're not shitting on the ones that do. Please make yourself known. Like we will come see you yeah. because I'm. I have put off getting my feet looked at because I don't want to hear about my fucking BMI. Well, I will only come see you if I really need to come see. You. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what does but that yeah. say about yeah. our healthcare system and how much PTSD PTSD that I hold from mm-hmm. being treated like there's something fucking wrong with mm-hmm. me when there never was. Mm-hmm. You can exist in a fat body and be okay. I know a lot of parts of society will shit on that, mm-hmm. but they're wrong. My favorite doctor right now for anything that I need is Dr. Cindy. <laughs> Dr. Cindy Arachi, Cherokee Wellness Center. <laughs> she is a in chiropractor. In Georgia. She is and the best chiropractor. Yes, and she's, but she's, she just, she knows so much about, about everything. Yeah. But she doesn't, it's, it's, and this is part, uh, it is part of being a doctor of, is it chiropractor? Is that what they call it? A doctor of? Doctor of chiropractic. Of chiropractic. They don't want to put care on the end of that? That just sounds very... I don't know. Maybe it is chiropractic. I don't know. I don't know. But they they do look at things a little differently, right? But they look at the whole body. Mm-hmm. The whole body. Mm-hmm. And that's how they treat everything. And so a lot of the things that she has just found in my alignment, like think about your alignment, your spinal, your bones... Your alignment yes. causes problems in all other areas of my body if that's out of alignment. She said something to me about my vertebrae T6. So thoracic spine where your ribs connect to your spine. T6, it, when it's out or displaced, can cause issues with digestion. And I was like, heartburn? And she just giggled at me. She's like, yeah, do you have heartburn? Yeah, mm-hmm. all the time, bro. And her, we, I said to her that she, me and you have talked about this, about how a lot of chiropractors will, to bring it into yoga, will do a yang adjustment. Like, it's very uh, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they'll just push you back in. It's a crack. And she does more of a yin type adjustment where she coerces your body back in. She place. wedges. She showed me how to put my T6 back mm-hmm. in. She taught my body how to do it itself and now I can do it just like that. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have something going on, I can feel it out and then I feel a little weird in my esophagus and when I put it back in, it's like, oh, that slid mm-hmm. right back down. So spinal health is the thing. Yeah, and one of the things that I just was, I found so interesting too, just in my well-being, um, I've always had like certain, certain headaches. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, God, Hannah, those aren't headaches. That's death. It's not getting enough cerebral. I always have a hard time saying it. Cerebral spinal fluid. Mm. Um, because the the atlas right there on my right occipital bone will push. And it's just not pumping as much. And so it's literally me not getting life force. Mm. It's, not, mm. it's not just a headache. You know, it's not like barometric pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... <laughs> Your brain is starving. And I was like, oh, no wonder it hurts so bad. Nothing fixes it. That's what it is. And that's what happens when things aren't in alignment in my entire spine. And it all starts usually from your root, right? So it's all starting in my sacrum. Um, But it's just really cool because what she does is she looks at everything as like the whole system. And when doctors can do that again, Mm -hmm. right, that would be... So amazing. But, yeah, she's she's who I go to for pretty much anything that I have going on with my body. Oh, because wow. she knows what to do. And if you think about chiropractic care, especially with kids, like they always talk about if they have ear infections, go to a chiropractor. If they have tongue and lip ties, <clears throat> go to a chiropractor. Because sometimes it's not just that. Sometimes it's something else. Yeah. 
Oh. That you don't necessarily need to get them revised. But River, or, well, Forest may have to get a revision if it's as bad as Rivers was. We'll see. Yeah. But maybe you take him to City first. I will. I will for sure. Okay. Once he's out, he will go. But it's just really interesting to think about like, our spine is in charge of our whole neural network. Look think at the of what whole it picture. Think of what's in the column. Yeah. Right. Think of all the nerves and, you know, I'm, I, the the actual anatomy. Is it is our I hard think. drive. Yes, it is because all your wires circle through that thin hole in your vertebral column. Right. Everything comes up through the back of your neck and into your brain. So mm -hmm. it's everything. It's everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically what we're saying is go to a chiropractor first, <laughs> or maybe then. find a functional medicine doctor. Someone that's going to hear everything, not heal, hear everything. That's going to look at you, not just, they're not just going to stereotype you from your body type. I, um, I haven't been to one, but yes. I've heard people talk great things. I haven't been to one either. Yeah. I, I still, I still just kind of have that, like. That doctor makes your eye twitch. Yeah. yeah. I hear the word doctor and I'm like, yeah. ah, what kind of doctor? I don't need a doctor. Yeah. I'm fine. We're all going to die anyway, so. And I will say the other, another chiropractor that I used to see all the time, um, around here, Dr. Grexa, um in Canton um, for those that are in Canton Not, I don't even yeah. know who the hell's listening to us but <laughs> thank you um, but I, I mean I love him I love him dearly um, but he was one of those too that like he he looked at the whole picture it wasn't just um, you know he's a $20 Cairo so he's one of those that just slings people in and out yeah but he has to mm -hmm. like, that's what his business model is right now but he would take time to talk about like the whole system mm -hmm. that's one of the things I just love about chiropractors is they look it's kind of like it's like yoga they look at the whole picture at the individual here's what your body is presenting right now mm -hmm. energetically this is what i'm feeling because i don't know if y'all know this or not mm -hmm. but chiropractors are very in tune to energy period they're actually taught that which is really cool and they look at that and then they can go a little further so i would like to see a functional medicine but for now i'll just stick with for now, we got enough problems with doctors. We don't need to add another one to the mix. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll stick with Dr. Cindy for right now. <laughs> Dr. Cindy and my, for all your doctor needs. And my kid <laughs> loves Dr. Cindy, so we're set. Hey, I go there for an ionic foot bath every time I'm in town. So, oh, oh I'm, shit, I got to get her money. I'm doing all the things. <laughs> once all the things. Forced here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, my kid, my kid loves going. He loves riding on her little uh, table playing like he enjoys oh yeah because she has the one where you it stands mm -hmm. up and you lay it down he mm -hmm. enjoys going to the quote-unquote doctor which is great because it just most gets, kids are terrified to go to the doctor it gets him in this place to where, where okay. when we do have to go to the pediatrician you know once a year um and actually if you have small kids and you don't want to go to the pediatrician at all you can actually just keep a log with your chiropractor it's for like school and like state and just like showing that your kid the well-being of your child if they were to ever come against you for something. Oh. Because they come at parents for things. Hmm. But yeah. So yeah, not all doctors are bad. Not all doctors are bad, that's not what we're saying. But yeah. this bullshit of stereotyping fat bodies yeah. as a burden on the healthcare system and as automatically unhealthy, it's gotta fucking stop. And it's the gotta babies. stop. And, and the, the babies. Don't babies. don't shame my baby while it's in my belly. Don't shame my baby fucking period. Like let's body shame. Like just stop it. I will kill you if you shame my child. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not. But I am I, I'm not even mama bear. Mm. I am mama fucking lion. And we're also shame bound. 
we're all so shame bound mm -hmm. because that's what part of what our society puts on us. The lack of perfection in each of us is shameful. And that's why we I've been shamed be so much in my life. You shame my kid. I'm coming for All you. my shame's coming out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In a form you don't want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't put big mama kitty in a corner. <laughs> no, God, no. Bless your soul. Good Ugh. luck. Yeah, right. Good luck. <laughs> And then good riddance. Uh-huh. Uh, I got yeah. a shovel. <laughs> Operation Skittles in full effect. Shh. <laughs> We're going to need to delete that. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I don't... Oh, we, yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I was sweating the whole time. I'm so worked up. Uh, I really was like, we're going to do 30 minutes. Yeah, okay. 55. All right. 55. So You're welcome, Carol. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope this was educational for you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you better have learned something. I want to hear what you learned, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll be back at some point. At some point. And um, I'll be home till the 17th. I'll be back on the 18th. So that following Tuesday, we'll probably do another one. Or Monday, because it's a Monday. We'll see. Oh, yeah. We can't make any promises, so, you know. Yeah, we're trying. We've got to figure out how I don't sound like a chipmunk. Yeah, we'll, when we're we'll, not together, we'll, we'll play with that. We'll yeah. figure that out. We'll but yeah, out. I've been meaning to ask people, but yeah, yeah, we're doing <laughs> our best. We're doing our best, and that's all we can do. <laughs> that's all we can do. Yep. Uh, we're gonna fight the system first, and then we'll mm -hmm. get back to y'all. Yeah, we're all fighting right. the man. Bye. <laughs> Bye.